What's up, Oasis family? How are you doing? When I say Oasis family, we've got our extended family in the house today. Oasis, San Diego, uh, Pastor Dan, Pastor Gene, and the whole team down there. Uh, my boy, Pastor Jeff, who uh, fixed my golf swing one time when I was down there, man, and I ain't never been the same. My brother, my people, good to see you guys online. As you are watching this right now, our whole church is engaging with us online right now. Why? Because yesterday was Christmas. You were hanging out with your family. It's good to give our volunteers the weekend off. It's a rest Sunday to enjoy the birth of our Savior Jesus together right there in your home or wherever you are watching from. And I'm super excited about it. You know, in this last couple of years, uh, we realized that the the online uh, is a place for the gospel to, to move forward in ways that maybe even in-person could never do. And so while we're grateful for our in-person services, we're also grateful that you're watching online. And here at Oasis, we, we, we give them both the same weight. However the gospel wants to get to people, however the message of Jesus wants to get to people, we are here for it. Somebody say, I'm here for it. And so if you're in the chat, say what's up to somebody in San Diego. If you're from San Diego, say what's up to somebody from LA. Let's all be a family online in the chat. So excited you guys are here. Now, I got a message for you that I believe is going to encourage you. Um, you really can't talk about Christmas. You can't talk about Jesus without talking about peace. And I want to preach a message to you simply titled, The Missing Peace or Peace on Earth. Which one do you think is better? The Missing Peace like or Peace on Earth? Missing the Missing Peace. I've shared some thoughts from this message before several years ago on Christmas, and I really uh, felt like God had given me an updated version on this. And so what we're going to do is when Jesus was born, at the birth of Jesus, there was a worship service uh, with the heavenly angels. And then right before Jesus went to the cross, we would call that Palm Sunday one week before uh, Easter, there was a worship service. So Jesus is born, he's in a manger, and there's a worship service. He's getting ready to go to the cross, and there is a worship service. So here today, the day after Christmas, we're going to take a look at both of those worship services. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. It says this, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius? Quirinius? Is that Quirinius? Quirinius Johnson? I used to have a homie in high school named Quirinius. Quirinius Johnson. He played wide receiver for the football team. He says he was governor of Syria and all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David. He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Who was that child? That sweet child? The child was Jesus. Yes, come on, Bible scholars. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly, in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. 
I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger, and suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. This was a worship service that was happening at the birth of Jesus. Later in Jesus' life, in Luke 19, Jesus would be approximately one week away from going to the cross, and there would be another worship service. The Bible says that Jesus told his disciples to go get a donkey that had never been ridden, and he gets on this donkey. And in verse 36, it says, as he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing another worship service as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. And they sang a similar song. And I, I, I love this thought that although many of them, none of them were there, when the angels led a worship service, they had similar language in what they said. They said, blessings on the king who come in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. The missing peace, missing peace. What's interesting is in both of these worship services, peace is mentioned. The worship service where Jesus is born, the angels declare peace, and the worship service where Jesus is getting ready to be crucified, the people declare peace. And so I want to pray for you as we share this message, the missing peace. Father, I thank you for peace, that peace is a person, Jesus. And so Father, for those who are struggling with peace in this season and have been struggling with peace, I pray, Lord, that they would get the revelation that peace is here, peace has come in the person and the spirit of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus um, talks about peace to his disciples. And what's interesting is he talks about peace when he's getting ready to leave. In John 14, verse 27, he tells his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Have you ever been abandoned by someone and it was peaceful? Hey, y'all, I'm out but peace be with you. Can you imagine me telling my kids, hey guys, daddy's leaving. Peace, I leave with you. Me telling my wife, I don't wanna be married to you anymore, but peace be with you. Or me resigning from my position as the pastor of this church, but saying peace be with you. It's, it's almost impossible for me to fathom that I could leave you but leave you with peace. If I'm leaving someone that I say that I love, it seems that that would create instant anxiety. But Jesus said, the reason why I can leave is because now you have peace. Do you think how many times we, we say in our church services that Jesus showed up? No, he didn't. He did not. The Bible says that once Jesus died on the cross, he was seated at the right hand of the Father. And I promise you, he's not getting up off of his throne to show up to the 1030 service at Christ Ebenezer Baptist Tabernacle. He's not. 
we say that because it sounds good, but it's not true. He's not there. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. But what is constantly available to you now is not the person of Jesus, but the spirit of Jesus. And wherever the spirit is, there is freedom. And wherever there is freedom, there is and must be peace. What do we want Jesus to give us this Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? Maybe you got an iPhone 13. Uh, Maybe you just got an old used 6S. Like you didn't even, you just, (laughs) seven iPhones ago, like you just struggling. I wonder if our greatest desire would be this gift of peace. Now, interestingly, Jesus says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you peace as the world gives, which would mean that there are two different types of peace, the one that Jesus gives and the one that the world gives. What is the difference between Jesus' peace and the world's peace? I'm gonna explain it to you. I believe, at least in my life and what I've seen from being a pastor, is Jesus gives you peace, which means wholeness. The world's peace is there is a missing peace, P-I-E-C-E. Jesus' peace is there a missing peace, P-E-A-C-E. What is the difference? The world wants you to think that something is missing and that you need to pursue what is missing what you don't have in order to feel whole and complete. We say these things all the time like, I'm just so broken. Well, it's because you don't have peace. Peace means wholeness. And, and by the way, the opposite of peace is not chaos. The opposite of peace is worry. This is really good stuff. Olivia, I'm glad. We think peace, so we want everything to be settled. We want everything to be okay. No, the opposite of peace is worry in the Bible because worry means to be broken apart and divided, to have attention in two different places. Peace means wholeness. So when Jesus says, I'm leaving you because I'm giving you wholeness, there's nothing missing. Do you know there's nothing missing from your life as a follower of Jesus? That there's nothing that the world can give you? Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing that the world can give you that would make you feel better than you feel right now. Nothing. He's saying, I'm leaving you with kingdom wholeness, kingdom peace. You are complete, lacking nothing. If you can believe in this season that you have no lack, and I don't mean it's here. Whatever you need, it's on the way. You have no lack. You have no lack. And if, and let me just say this, because people are like, what are you talking about? I have no lack. If you, you have no lack. If you need something, for, I'll give you for example. There, if you don't have enough food to get to the end of the day, you don't have lack. You could email info, info at Oasis LA right now, and we will fill your whole grocery. You don't have any lack. You don't have control, but you don't have lack. There's a difference between feeling like we have lack because we've lost control. We don't have any lack. We, we have resources. If you're in the kingdom of God, now if you're not in the kingdom of God, there is absolutely lack. But in the kingdom of God, you, you don't have 
this lack, most of what you worry about operates through deception. And Jesus says, before I give you all the blessings, before I give you all this stuff, I'm trying to give you peace. But I don't give peace as the world gives. And, and in my life, I realized that some of the biggest times I feel worry is I want Jesus to give me peace like the world gives peace. Give me this strategy. Give me this plan. Show me how it's going to play out so that I can have peace. Like, why do you want me to feel this way? And Jesus is like, no, I don't give peace as the world gives. So the first thing I want you to remember, if you want the peace of Jesus in your life, write this down. It's not going to be the way the world gives peace. Jesus doesn't give you things to make you feel better. He doesn't give you medicine. He gives healing. I was thinking about this the other day, man, and don't let me get, like, I, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be political. I'm not trying to be political. But I was thinking about this the other day, about polio. Yep. Like, Pastor, you think about polio? In 1954. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I did my research. In 1954, they, the scientists and the people of the world invented the polio vaccine. And it might have been a little earlier than that. They gave it to somebody in 1954. So I'm sure. So it might have been 1940-something. And the polio vaccine eradicated, eradicated polio. It was literally a healing agent. Hardly anyone got it again. And then now, 60 years later, with the COVID vaccine, they invented something that I still can get if I don't take it every six months. Well, why is that? Because broken people are easy to profit off of. If I heal you, you don't need me. So what does the enemy do? He keeps giving you stuff so you rely on him. And Jesus says, I'll give you my spirit and I'm out and you'll have the peace and you'll have everything you need. And I want you to be whole. I don't want you to be dependent on me always having to be here. So guess what? I'm going to give you my peace and I'm going to give you my spirit and you're going to be good. And the devil says, no, I want you to keep having to come to me. I want you to always think something's missing. And so that's like, for me, I'm like, man, the whole world is set up and designed for us to become addicts and dependent on everyone and everything but God. And that's what I don't like about the season that we're in. And I'm, this is not about, hear what I'm saying. This is not about getting vaccinated, not getting vaccinated. But I'm saying the world is creating a dependence on them for everything. And we don't even know how to rely on God anymore. And for me... I'm like, listen, in this season going into 2021, I'm telling you, y'all ain't about to have me all fearful about the Omarion variant. You're not. And I know I said it wrong. I don't care. You're not. I'm like, God, you got to protect my family. Somebody needs to say that. I, I get it. Get a booster shot if you need to. But someone needs to declare peace over their mind, peace over their health, wholeness over their body. I'm declaring peace, wholeness, and health over my family in Jesus' name. You're not going to have me worried and stressed out and overwhelmed because Jesus came that I might have peace. I might have peace. That's what this season is about. It's peace. I don't give peace as the world gives. And I feel like the world is giving us peace and then they take it away. In June, I want you to have peace. Everything's getting better. Cases are down. And then they take away our peace. And every time they take away our peace, people are making money. Are you, have you noticed that? I'm just saying your peace is not up for grabs. Right. 
You could do whatever you want. You will make every decision you make for your family, but never allow your peace to come from any place other than Jesus. It doesn't come from the news and what the case count is. It doesn't come from my bank account. It comes from Jesus. Jesus saying, hey, I don't give peace like the world gives. And so I just want our church to be free from worry and anxiety, not free from wisdom, free from worry. I say that before you because we're going into this new year and I feel like last year we went into the new year with fear. I I didn't. I went to Mexico. (laughs) Cases were 25,000 cases a day and I was afraid. I was afraid to catch COVID. I was afraid. And we went to Mexico because I'm like, I just, am, I just cannot end this year afraid. Mm. Probably wasn't the best decision. <laughs> Definitely packed the whole pharmacy in my suitcase. <laughs> like, Christine was like, how much money are you going to spend at Rite Aid? I'm like, you don't understand. I had everything. I had all this stuff. And I just felt like, man, right around the time of Christmas, fear has been heightened year after year after yeah. year. There's something like, don't go into this, this season without peace. Don't unwrap a bunch of Chris, Christmas presents under the tree, and I hope you got everything you wanted. Yeah. And you don't have peace? Yeah. You don't have peace? The Hebrew word for peace is this beautiful word called shalom. And it was a greeting word or a departing word. So Jesus said, I'm leaving you, peace out. Well, wow. he wasn't saying peace out. That's like, he was saying peace in. Get what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> go on and get a little bit of peace. So it was how we, we showed up with peace and we left with peace. Whatever happens in the middle, this is beginning and ending with peace in our greetings and our goodbyes. And it was a really broad term. They were speaking to health, prosperity, unity, and wholeness. It meant perfect welfare, serenity, fulfillment, freedom from trouble, and liberation from anything that hinders contentment. So when Jesus said, peace be with you, he's speaking to your health, your prosperity, your unity, your wholeness, your welfare, your fulfillment. And he was saying, I want you to have liberty from anything that hinders contentment. And when a Jewish person said shalom, they were wishing on another person the full presence, peace, and prosperity of the blessedness of God. That famous um, Aaronic uh, benediction of numbers brings out this idea very clearly. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Somebody needs to receive that right now. The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord looks at you with favor and may he give you peace. So if this is such a valuable gift, then how do we get peace? You ever had someone that's like, they're really struggling and your temptation is to pray for peace? God, I pray peace. Nope. Yes. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Does Lord, would you give them your peace? And God's like, no. Mm -hmm. Nope, not going to give them peace. Well, didn't he say, my peace, 
I leave with you? Right. Wait, let me just check the scripture. Oh, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. So you don't, you have access to peace. Peace is not a command. He gave you access to something that you can deactivate in your life depending on what you do. And so he's saying, how do we get peace? And this is the one thing I want you to understand is how do you get peace? Um, Remember, peace is harmony. One of the ways you have peace is to stay in harmony and connection with Jesus. John 15, five says, yes, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Y'all ain't the vine. You're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Listen to this part. For apart from me, you can do some things that aren't going to be as good as they were before. No, apart from me, you can't do anything. You ever felt disqualified that you're not good enough? The answer is that's true. <laughs> Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Now, some people say, because you know, people take the Bible literal, so I just brush my teeth. Does that mean Jesus helps me brush my teeth? Mm-hmm. That word nothing is translated, uh, uh, you can't do anything of any real value. Wow. It's putting, you can do nothing, doesn't mean that you can't do something. Right. So the, the way to, to look at that word is he's not saying you can't do something. He's saying whatever your something is becomes nothing if it's done apart from Jesus. It has no value. It is nothing. It is nothing. The something you think is something is nothing if done apart from God. Paul said, I consider my whole life nothing unless I use it. He's saying my life doesn't have any value if I do it apart from Jesus. And so it, it, he's saying it means to rely on Jesus, to stay connected to Jesus continually. Galatians 5, verse 23 through, uh, 22 through 23 says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace. The kingdom of God is joy, peace, and righteousness. This word peace keeps coming up that if you have a relationship with Jesus, then you get to escape this feeling that you're not enough and it's not enough. It's wholeness that God wants you to have. You have peace by staying connected to Jesus. You have peace by allowing the Holy Spirit to move in your life. If there's an area in your life you don't have peace, that is an area where the Holy Spirit is not in control. Like, period. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 9 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Tell God what you want and wait to thank him after he gives it to you. No, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. When's the last time we told God what we need while thanking him for what he's done? It says then. So peace is a byproduct of praying about everything, telling God what you need, and being thankful. Peace. And then it says that that peace exceeds whatever we understand. So let's say, for example, you say, you know, okay, Julian, I get what you're trying to say theologically that there's nothing missing, but there is. I have a lack in my finances. The, the, the first is coming up and I don't have it. He's not saying that, again, it's not peace as the world gives because the world gives when you figure out a way that you're going to be able to pay the rate in January, you have peace. 
Jesus' peace surpasses the fact that you don't have the rent on the first. And when you, the peace that, you, that Jesus gives you comes above what you don't have, you realize you lack nothing. And from the place of peace, you begin to pray and seek God for the rent for January while thanking him you had it in December. Who am I preaching to? This is so good. Because so many times we're so caught up that we don't have the rent in January. We forget we've been living in this apartment for three months. Did you thank him for December? Did you thank him when he came through in September? When you didn't have it in June because you went to Cancun? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. You knew you didn't follow your budget and he came through for you anyway. Are you believing for January while thanking him for December? If you do that, you will have a peace that surpasses all you can understand. Isn't that beautiful? And then it says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So now the peace becomes a bouncer for the devil and doesn't let the devil get in your head and doesn't let the devil get in your heart because peace is protecting your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And then it says, you want to have peace? Can you pray about everything? Don't worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Have you prayed about that? Have you prayed about your rent? Or did you start texting people? And I get it, man. Hit up the homie for some money. But did you pray about that? Did you pray about it? Did you tell God what you need? And did you thank him for what he's done? This peace will guard you. And then it says, now one final thing. You want to have peace? Then fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. This is Paul talking. Now, Paul was their pastor. So if I'm your pastor, then did you put into practice the sermon from September that you probably forgot? Hey, how do I put this into practice? So true. Not, oh, bro, that was so good. The word was so good. Did you put it into practice? Yeah, yeah. Did you say putting it into practice means I'm going to try to do this? Right. Not just I'm not there yet. Lord, give me your grace. I ain't there yet. Ooh, that was a tough word. No, put it into practice. All you learn and receive, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. What? So all I have to do is put into practice what my pastor's preaching and the God of peace will show up? This is fire. Does your family and your friends recognize the peace of Jesus in you? Or is every time they talk to you, it's like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh my God. There should be a difference between us. The Bible says don't worry about what you'll eat and what you'll wear. That that stuff consumes the minds of unbelievers. Are you a peacemaker? Are you actively seeking to reconcile people to God and one another? When someone comes to you and they have a conflict with another person, do you go, yeah, girl, I know that they they just drive me nuts. No, no, no. Or do you go, hey, did you talk to them? Does God, does God want you two to reconcile and have a relationship? Are you the person that people gossip to? Are you the person that people confess their sins to? So you can reconcile them back to God and back to each other. Like, are you a person 
of peace. I'm telling you right now, man, one of the things that I'm working on is my peace. My peace. You ever put two friends back on speaking terms? Restored unity within a family? Made amends with a brother or sister and humbled yourself? Are we doing for people what Christ did for us? You know what Christ was? He was a mediator between you and God. We did not have peace with God. That's what this Christmas season is about. You can't have the peace of God if you don't have peace with God. So our sin put us at odds with God. The Bible says we are enemies with God, but Jesus died and now we have peace with God. He restored the relationship between us and our heavenly father. Isaiah 26 says, God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts are fixed on him whose thoughts are fixed on him. Back to the worship service. I'm going to jump back to the worship service. In the beginning, I read um, two, two worship services. I would imagine when Jesus was a baby, he was crying like any baby would. Maybe he was prophesying or maybe he was singing along, but I'm sure most babies, when they're born, they, 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 they cry. I, I, it's so interesting because the Bible says, unless you become like a child who never entered the kingdom of heaven. Have you ever wondered? Um, I remember seeing a child when I was a kid at a funeral and they weren't crying, the adults were. But at birth, children cry and adults are happy. Have you ever noticed that? It's, it's this weird thing I've always believed. I feel like children are of the kingdom of the Lord. The Bible says this. It's almost as if they're coming out of the kingdom into the world and just, oh, I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? It seems like that. And then we get so attached to the world, we cry when we have to leave or people have to go into the kingdom of heaven and we're weeping. And I'm not saying don't mourn over someone's death, but I'm saying these two services probably had tears. Jesus was crying as a baby. And it doesn't say he was, but I'm taking a little bit of liberty here because babies cry. I'm sure when good old Mary pushed little baby Jesus out, right? Jesus was crying and the angels were singing. And then later, the Bible says that Jesus was crying while the people were singing. The Bible says he was weeping. I don't have another page. I thought I had another page. The Bible says he was weeping. Read all of Luke 19 because I only have four minutes. I don't have time to read it. But the Bible says that Jesus started crying and said, if only you knew the way to peace. Wait a minute. Why did Jesus start crying? To me, they were having a great worship service. I believe it is possible that Jesus was crying because he had heard it before. Luke 2 said, the angels said, glory to God in the highest heaven heaven, and peace on earth. And Luke 19, verse 38, said, the people said, glory in the highest heaven and peace in heaven. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not peace up there. Peace is here. Wow. I've been here all this time and y'all don't know the way to peace? You still think it's in heaven. No, I came out of heaven to bring peace. And you still think you got to wait till you get up there to have any peace at all. Wow. And that made Jesus Weep. 
What if we had worship services all over the world right now and Jesus would be crying in all of them saying, if only you knew the way to peace, the way to wholeness. I honestly believe that um, I, I can prophesy until my lips are checked about God's blessing and favor over Oasis, God's blessing and favor over our staff and team, God's blessing and favor over you. Until we become peacemakers, we are cutting ourselves off from so much that God has for us. Until you can set aside your pride and your offense and, 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 and ask for forgiveness of your sin so you can be at peace with God, until you stop using grace as an excuse to not repent, you cannot have peace with God. Until we stop being prideful with other people, so that we can have peace and reconciliation and wholeness with God's people and wholeness with God himself until we become peacemakers. I believe that we are not living in the full blessing of God because the first thing God wants is peace. Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. And that word peacemaker is to, means to boldly declare God's terms when things have got out of alignment with what God wants. So when someone comes to you and they're complaining about another person, a peacemaker boldly declares what God wants for the situation to bring peace. Boldly declares. So my concern is going into this year, I have to boldly declare what God wants so that you may have peace. I have to be a peacemaker, and I'm sensing conflict and over, 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 we're, we're, we're afraid to be, to be sick. And hear what I'm saying, um, be, be wise, but do not be afraid. Fear is dangerous. And I'm not saying be wise means to, to, to uh, do everything you're told to do. I think that you should deal with fear. I think yeah. the source of why you're making your decision, if you're doing something because you're afraid, don't do it. Give yourself some time. Operate from a place of peace. And I think if we do this and we can have the peace of God and have peace with God and actually be peacemakers, the Bible says that those people are blessed. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to boldly declare in God's presence, maybe even just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, nothing is missing. I am complete and I am whole all because of my relationship with you. Forgive me for the times where I needed something from the world to feel complete. I want you and my relationship with you is enough and everything that flows out of that relationship that bears fruit in my life will give me peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't you just feel the peace? Who lit a jasmine candle up? Somebody lit something in here, man. That just just smells like peace in here right now. What is the, uh, is there any Christmas songs about peace? Somebody sing a Christmas song. I know it's a day late, but this is great. I feel the peace in the room. You are awesome. I'm praying for you. I'm believing God's best for you. 
Um, have a great new year. We'll be back in person on January the 2nd. And so make sure you come out for our first service of the year. And in the meantime, in between time, have some peace, have fun. I love you so much and I'll see you soon.